the far that I have come. He has remained faithful. I still remember people we school doing in my high school. I still remember my decadence. Those days you used to have decades for beds. Yeah? I still remember because I'm short I used to be on the lower lower deck. Then there was my decadence up there. I still remember that man, Mr. Kenyon. I tried telling him about Jesus. He appeared to be so distant for him. I'm still young. Let me enjoy life. I remember after finishing Pong Pong, it did not even take two years. One of those days he was out there enjoying life, feeling good, drinking beer in a bar. Then I started calling some guys, started fighting. One of them decided, let me take this bottle of beer and hit and my opponent. Unfortunately, the other guy died. And the bottle of beer and found a kenyot. And unfortunately, he died. So, it has taken God to carry me faithfully for all those years to the bar that I have come. And I'm excited about our sisters who have given their life to Jesus Christ. I can assure you that that is going to be a turning point in your life. 20, 30, 40 years to come, you will still remember where you met God. Amen? Amen. 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 I am married to Grace. Praise the Lord, Grace. Amen. Amen. I'm married to Grace, and I was telling the phone to yesterday that uh, I met my wife in the university, and uh, she did not. She was not as as you are because she was attending a day school but when she went to that school she purposed and said I know there is no girl here who has never gone to the university but if anything I will be the first one she purposed to do it and I was challenging the phone tools and I wrote the challenges to you that if my wife made it to the university you can certainly you can certainly do it. How many here are promising me that if there is someone who will go to the university, university was not going to be and ask who was made for you. Amen? Yeah. And you have what it takes. You have what it takes. Amen? Yeah. I am a father of three today's Father's Day. And you wish me Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Amen. I thank God. Yes, uh, my first one is in Pop 2. I think I'm talking a lot about Pop 2. Eh? Yeah, my first one is Pop 2. He's a boy. He's called Elias. Then I have a girl called Lyle, who is in class 7. Going to class 8? Yes, and my last one is a boy called Ivan. He's in grade 2. That is my world. Amen? Yes. I am a land economist by profession. I've been standing there, Bachelor's of uh, Land Economics in the University of Nairobi. Then I did Master's in Finance. And uh, so that is what I do. I run a company in Nairobi to do with the real estate. Uh, remember a while back, I had opened a plant here in Nairobi, which I closed. But uh, we are grateful to God. So that is what I do. That is my life. And I can assure you that there is nothing that gives me joy and satisfaction like my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I can assure you that all that 
I have mentioned one day, it will come to an end. The only thing I will cross over, the other side is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus saves you, He secures your eternity. Whether I like it or not, one day will come and the world will put me bye-bye. But there is one I am confident of spending eternity with. That is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That is the greatest joy that I have. My joy is not in anything else. My joy is that I have secured my eternity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So today we speaking, I want to speak on a topic uh, that I'm calling the assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation. And uh, I thank God because of our sisters who have given their life to Christ Jesus and many that will accept the Lord today. Our message today is especially bound to put you into the faith and to assure you what Philippians 1 verse 6 says that you who started the good work in you will certainly do it and carry it unto completion. When God starts something, He never leaves it unfinished. He makes sure that He carry on His work until the final fruition. When God comes to a pity girls, He purposes to make sure that He will carry you not only to the university, but even beyond university. Praise the Lord. Yes. And He purposes to carry your life throughout. So it is God who starts the work of salvation in our life. It is not you who was seeking for God. It is not you who was looking for God. It is God who was looking for you. I don't know whether I'm the one who is speaking the echo or God. Are you comfortable? Can you hear me well? Okay. It is God who was looking for you. So it is Christ who was seeking for you. I still remember that song we used to sing. I know you, you don't know it, but we used to sing when we were giving our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. In high school, eh? let me tell you what used to be our song. This one of the songs. Oh, this touched for me when the songs were already, and I was glad that I could not see. He called and he called till he heard me and sang those are our songs, praise the Lord how the Lord was looking for us so the beginning point is for you to know that Christ has always been looking for you like that father in the Bible the father to the prodigal son the son ran away from home but the scripture says it's like every day he was looking across the Lord could I see my son today coming back and let me tell you, this weekend, God has been looking. Can I see Pauline coming back to me? And thank you so much, Madam Pauline, for hosting me tonight. I'm grateful. God bless you. Can I see Lucy coming back to me? Can I see Plenar coming back to me? And let me tell you, you came back home. The Lord was looking for you, and you came back home. And He started the journey of salvation for you. 
So if you want to light, you can light. The five principal things that I want us to look at this morning is that the life of salvation is God-driven. It has little to do with you. It has much to do with God. It is God-driven. I also want you to know that it is not problem-free. It is not problem-free. I know some of you may not like number three, but I will explain it more. It is not sin-free. Yes, you will still find at some point in time you are still struggling with a sin. That does not mean because you did something that you are not born again. It is spiritual. It is not physical. That is point number four. So don't rely on your feelings. Don't rely on your feelings. And the last point is that you have a role to pray. So those are the five points that I want us to explore this morning. It is God-driven. It is not problem-free. You will still find yourself fighting with sin, so it is not sin-free. It is spiritual, not physical. Don't lie on your feelings. And then you have a role to pray. I have quoted Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, which says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. It was Paul who was reminding the Philippian believers that you have come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have accepted him. Some of you are in Form 1, Form 2, or even Form 3, and you are wondering for how long will I be here? Paul was telling them that we are confident. I had the same fears of backsliding when I was in Form 2, and I realized that it was not me who was carrying the Lord. It was the Lord who was carrying me. You know, we like to say, oh God, I have let you down. God made me understand that I have never carried him to let him down. He is the one who carries me. I went to the university where people backslide in numbers, but I still sustained. I still remained. I still stood at the university. A number of years later, I am still standing to fight for the pain because the one who carries me has never got, got tired of carrying me. Praise the Lord. He carries you when you feel good. He carries you when you are down. He carries you when you are amazed. He carries you even when you feel good. But, but you know, when you are at your best, he carries you. So no one can come to Christ without God calling him. You only make the choice because God has chosen you. The scripture says that it is God who chooses us. And uh, I know this is a point, a weighty point. But let me tell you that you cannot come to Christ unless He chooses you. He said that my sheep hear my voice. As sad as it may appear to be, or it may sound to be, there are people in our ministry. No matter how many times you call them to Christ, they may never respond. Because it is only God who helps you to hear that voice. Many are called, but few are chosen. Those that God has chosen certainly hear his voice and they come to you. You only responded because God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, spoke to your heart and told you to come. You are one of those who have been called. You are one of those that, that, that have been chosen and you came to Christ. You are able to hear his voice.
because you belong to his sheepfold. You are part of the sheep of his master. Otherwise, if you are there and we have been speaking here since Friday, the whole of yesterday, and now here I am, and you are looking around wondering, what are those guys saying? In other words, there is nothing you are feeling. That is a sure sign that there is no calling inside you. Are you getting, are you getting what I'm saying? There are people, no matter how you try. I have just told you about my friend in high school. I tried to tell him he was not seeing the big deal about it. He could not let go. Why? Because he does not belong to the sheepfold of God. No matter what you do, in the you try to nudge them out. It is God's will that all of us can be saved. But let me tell you, it is not all of us who will be saved. God has chosen you from the beginning of the world. I'm so sure you will come to me when you're in form one, when you're in form two, when you're in form three, and if at all in your heart, you have never felt a burden to come to God. It is because you don't belong. You cannot come because you don't belong. You don't belong. So you really need to be so sure. And you really need to be so careful because if you harden your heart, unfortunately, it is you who is communicating yourself from the fellowship of God. If you have been hearing that voice, but you know, then that is tragic. Because it shows you are meant to be, but you are not coming. So it is God who started the, uh, the good work in you, and He is the one who shall bring it to an end. Salvation is not by works, it is God's gift to us in Christ Jesus. And our brother David explained that last night that it is the amazing grace, it is by grace that you are saved. And I know he explained about someone who murders, murders, murders. But let me tell you, if they are not meant to be, people who try to respond, no matter how much they try to respond, because they are never meant to, to be. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are never meant to be. So, salvation is by grace. Remember what Jesus told his followers in the book of John chapter 15 and verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. The main emphasis there is it is God who chose you. It is God who called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. Then he also says if you read in the book of Acts chapter 13 and verse 48 this is explaining something that happened during the time of the apostles. Just the way we are doing here. I want you to picture us in a kiddie girls. And then the writer says, Now, when the students had this, I'm replacing the word uh, Gentiles with the students, they were clad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many had been appointed to eternal life, they believed. Let me tell you, as many of you, as you are appointed to belong to God, you will believe. When I go to schools and we have done this for so many years, I am never bothered by those who don't place their hand because I know Mungu upon our work. And those who hear his voice will do what? Will respond. Even if it is one, I am okay. And I rejoice. I have no problem going so long distances to one soul because I know what that soul means to the kingdom of God. Jesus also said that. And the Father gives all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. 
That is John 6, verse 37. All that the Father has given me will come to me. So, as many of you as belong to the kingdom of God, you will come to Christ. You will believe. You will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Eh? And then he says, Whosoever comes to me, I will do, by no means cast them out. In other words, they are here to belong. They are here to remain. Uh -huh. Allow me to also add another verse. John 6, 43 to and verse 44. Jesus was talking to the Jews and they started murmuring. Maybe some of you are saying, what do you mean? Does it mean some of us are not meant for him and all that? Jesus answered and said to them, do not murmur amongst yourself. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me throws him. And guess what? I will raise him up in the last day. So Jesus is saying, no one can respond to salvation. No one can become born again unless Christ calls them to himself. Unless the Father draws them to Jesus Christ. So the new life of salvation is God driven. It has nothing to do with you. It is God choosing you. Then you say, yes, Lord, I respond. Here I am. And then he uses you. And he drives you to the purpose and the destiny that he has for you. The salvation life is not problem free. That is our point number two. And I know David the last night mentioned that there are people who will tell you, everything is good. But let me tell you that salvation life is not problem free. Do you know why? Because there is what the Bible calls the priest of this world. Do you know him? They are the priest of this world. Satan and his demonic colonies are not happy that you have gotten born again. And they will try as much as possible to make it difficult for you. And so it is possible for you to face problems. And I know there are some of us who have experienced because you know coming to Christ, uh, it will be problem free. Let me tell you that it is not problem free. I like telling people that every time you come to Christ, a call to salvation. It's a call to the cross. What did Jesus say? Whosoever will come after me, let him take his cross and follow, and follow me. The cross, do you think it is Christmas? Do you think it is uh, something enjoyable? Being on the cross? It is painful. There are challenges that you will face when you come to the cross. The new life in Christ is not problem free. Remember, actually when you read in the book of Acts chapter 14, verse 21 and 22, let me read that one. The scripture says, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Restra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Paul had finished his first missionary journey. He had preached to all those cities. Those are cities that I mentioned. But after doing it, remember, they have to go back and tell them salvation is not problem free. Yes, you may go home safe and they have to in your parents. I got born again. And they start wondering what you keep on putting to our daughter. And unfortunately, you find yourself in problems with your parents because you have believed. Yes, it was not easy for me also when I believed because. Going back home, telling them about again, it was not easy. I remember I received a very hard meeting because during our time they believed. 
sasa umeingia mambo ya ya wokovu you get the social you know means wokovu na nini na masomo and so they saw it as a threat it is not everybody who will celebrate you that you are born again it is not everybody it's not your friends some of your friends may start calling you the way the whole folk you called me yesterday what do you call me that boy yeah the people start calling you the chaka and all that and they they wonder what is wrong with you at this age you're talking about salvation so I'm here to encourage you my brother and my sisters that salvation is not problem free and let me tell you this lesson will continue when you're in high school even when you go to the university it will continue because the world's way is to pull you far away from God but let me tell you that God is determined that if you don't let go if you don't give up Whoever comes to me, I will by no means cast them out. It is for you to purpose. Just as our people say, we can certainly do it. We can certainly make it. We will continue. I remember I stood in the university when we were just about to leave. I served as a chairman for, for, for a number of years. And I stood in Taiba Hall, University of Nairobi, and I told the students, one thing I know, even if you take me a hundred years from now, I will still continue in faith because I know the one who is holding me. Praise the Lord. And I am grateful. So, so many of my compatriots there, they fell away. But I am still standing, not because I am holding on to God, but because He is holding me. And then I have refused to let go. Amen? Yeah. Yes, because I understand. And it's not because we have been listening. There have been problems. There have been problems. I have encountered problems. I have lost business because I'm born again and I'm not willing to get into corruption. But I know that there is one who said, I will suffer, you are being able to. Let me tell you, he has never disappointed me. He has never disappointed me. I have seen his love and I have seen his faithfulness. I have seen his goodness all allowed me. The devil is not happy. He will try all manner of discouragements to get you back. The devil will use our friends who will talk bad about us. Even our parents, our brothers and our sisters, they will try to discourage us. You just need to know that the devil is not happy about God's people. God also uses problems and suffering to shape you to be like him. God will graduate us to higher classes through the tests and sometimes the trials and sufferings that we go through. God uses the challenges we encounter to grow us. Don't feel bad when you encounter problems and you give your life to Christ. It is a sign that God is at work in your life. The only thing we can be so sure is that when you go through fire, you are never alone. He goes through the fire with you. When you go through the water, he is always there together with you. There is no place where the winds of life will blow you, where God is not. He will carry you with you. Amen? Amen. I thank God I have traveled outside the country and I meet people who believe in Christ. I always like giving a story. One day I was walking in Dubai and there's this girl who came to me calling me pastor. Then you spoke to me when I was a poppy in the chapter. It is a faith that I give my, my show to that has sustained me in this Arab country. Let me tell you, salvation, no matter where you go. God becomes an anchor that will hold you and you will still do it right. Praise the Lord. No matter where you go. I have gone to the US and I have people 
sustaining me. The thing we preach about Christ in campus has still sustained me here. It doesn't matter where life will take you. God's constant grace and love will hold you. Amen. And irrespective of the problems that you encounter out there. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15 from verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love it its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So, my friends, salvation is not problem-free. You encounter problems. And encounter problems does not mean you are not born again. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Point number three. The new life is not a sin-free life. Jesus' death on the cross came to deliver us from the penalty of sin. And I know Isaac tried to, 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 to explain that yesterday when he was talking about uh, contact without contamination. How they used to sacrifice lambs and bulls and bulls eh, to try to cleanse their sins, but it was never working. Actually, they used to do it almost every Every now and then, it was continual. You go there and you mess, realize I have done something wrong, you just go to the priest and you give a coat or a, or a chip, and, and, and the priest atones for your sin. In other words, the sheep had to be killed to show you that what you did was wrong. It costed the life of, a, of an animal, and then God will see you guiltless. That continued for too long until Jesus came to deal with the penalty. Let me tell you. The good thing about our God is that He deals with the, 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 the end problem. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Christ came to deal with the penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? Death. What is the wages of sin? Death. He came to deal with that. In other words, if you place your trust and your faith in Him, you will never have to face the consequences for your sins because Jesus has already paid for the penalty. That is not an excuse for us to walk in sin or to live in sin because when you get born again, God fills you with His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit starts some work in you. When you give your life to Christ Jesus, two things happen. Of course, your name is written in the book of life and you become a child of God. But God gives you a help. A help, eh? Like a walking stick. Somebody to help you. But only that this is, you know, the helper is also God himself. In the form of the Holy Spirit, he starts some work in you. The work he starts is called sanctification. Sanctification. Sanctification is the issue whereby something you used to do and you feel nothing, you now feel convicted within you. No, 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 this is not right. Then you go to God and you tell God, God, I am your child. I know I'm not supposed to sin. Yesterday I did this. Please forgive me. And God removes the guilty conscience from you. He will continue discovering things you never need to be seen in you because the Holy Spirit is at work in you. 
That is what we call the process of transformation. And it's also the process of transforming you into holiness as you grow in Christ. I remember one day I went to the bank to with the grocery money, and there was a deal, and the teller was this person who did not have a very good attitude. And I was there, and uh, I remember I did tell him, he made it very complicated for me. She was a lady. She made it very complicated for me. And then I think I spoke to her in anger. Because you're supposed to serve your customers well. I come here to withdraw some money and all that. And then I left, I went to my office. So when I went to my office, I could not even sit down. The conviction was so heavy within me. Again, I had to leave my office and go down, queue and go to the lady and tell her, the way I spoke to you is not right. So I am just here to tell you to forgive, to forgive me. Why do you think I acted like that? Because there was a conviction in my heart. There was the Holy Spirit who was continuing the process of sanctification. 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 One day, remember, we were going to my son. And uh, the place where we live, we reach at the gate. The workman takes too long before he opens. And then when he opens, I tell him, What are you sleeping and all that? Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then we, by the time we reach our house, my son tells me, Dad, are you sure you make that man happy? Can you back and apologize? Then I am there going back with my son. I got to the word and no, the way I spoke to you, the tone of my voice was not so good. Forgive me. Why do you think I did that? Because there is something that is happening in me. There is someone who is at work in my life. What does he call himself? The Holy Spirit. Through what process? Sanctification. I know there are some of you who decide to give up on salvation because you sin. Let me tell you, don't be surprised when you find yourself occasionally sinning. Sin has not been completely dealt with. The penalty of your sin has been moved. But let me tell you, you are still telling your neighbor, I am one in progress. I am one in progress. Yes, because God is still at work in your life. And God is still molding you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, 1 John 1, 8 to 10. This is what the scripture says. 1 John 1, 8 to 10. If we say that we have not seen, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful, and just forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, it does not mean that you keep lying to yourself, no, it's not a sin. If, you, if the Holy Spirit convicts you, it is wrong. Let me tell you, it's very easy for you. Go on your knees, pray to the cluster of God. The way I have done that, it's not right. Please, Father, forgive me. And let's talk unto me the joy of, of my salvation. And God, in His faithfulness, will make sure that He does it. God has just removed us from Egypt. And we are on our way to the promised land. Expect to struggle with His sin. So we continue struggling with the sin because we have this thing in us. And that is why uh, David left for us this scripture in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That grace is the one that will teach you to say no to all ungodliness and worldly passions and to live life that are self-controlled, upright, and godly in this present age. As we wait for our blessed hope. That is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. To redeem us from all wickedness. 
and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is right. So, expect condemnation. And there are two words I want you to remember here. There is condemnation and there is conviction. Condemnation will come from the devil. Mm -hmm. That's condemnation. Something that shows you that the standards of God are too high for you. You cannot achieve there. The devil will do everything possible to tell you that you're not born again. Or to tell you that you, can, you cannot you cannot make it. That is condemnation. Any voice that is telling you you are a sinner, that is condemnation. Any voice that is telling you you cannot make it, that is condemnation. You can make it. I have forgiven you. It's okay, you. That is called conviction. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is to draw you back to God. Condemnation from the devil is to do what? Is to bring you back away from God and tell you that you cannot make it. That time, the devil tells you, Why don't you commit suicide? There is no hope for you. That is condemnation. The devil is trying to condemn you. But when God tells you, I am loving and kind, I am gracious and compassionate, don't mind, I will forgive you. That is conviction. You need to be very careful. You don't become an, uh, a victim of condemnation. Always feeling bad about yourself. Oh, this standards are you, God, what kind of a Christian I am? I think I have a problem to you. I think I have the worst you have ever had. No, that is condemnation. Let me tell you that you are the best that God has ever had. Amen. You are the best that God believes in you. God will not have saved you if he did not believe in helping you make it in this life. Be sure that you don't become a victim of condemnation. What does the scripture say? There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is what the scripture says. There is no condemnation. Don't agree yourself to be condemned. Some of them will be your friends. Yes, I am born again. If I have sinned, I'm sorry. Go and repent. They will be there and they will try to tell you that I can't do you in your But the beauty of faith is that again when you tell people you are born again and you are striving in the wrong path, somehow God will still use them to restore you. That is why they also overcame him through the words of their attack of their testimony. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Point number four. Don't lie on your feelings. I know one of the questions I received from the phone to the sister was, what should you do if you just feel so bored? So and then we agreed. Even when you don't feel like it, make sure you do, you do it. Make sure you do it. Make sure you continue, you persist. Because some of these things do not rely on your feelings. Salvation has nothing to do with your feelings. There are some times you will not be being born again. Yes, it's equal, God. Remember, it is the product of faith, not your feelings. You don't you will not feel your way into salvation. You believed, you trusted God, and so you are saved and you are born again. Don't lie on your feelings to remain born again. There are some things you will be feeling awful. Oh, in Especially when you have not prayed, you have not read the word of God. Don't lie on your feelings. The scripture says in the book of John chapter 20 and verse 29, it was Jesus who was speaking to uh, Thomas and he told him, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. Don't rely on your feelings. You can see, you can touch, or maybe you can smell. No, you have to believe. If 
came and you don't feel like God is with you, bring that case with you. And because he has promised, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Don't rely on your feelings. Yes, the new life is lived by faith. It is not based on what we see or feel. There are sometimes you will not feel like you are born again. Remember the devil will do everything he can to discourage you. If you don't feel you don't feel your way to salvation, you believe your way. You don't have to feel anything. You just have to believe. And you just have to believe God and his word. You don't even have to see angels or dream dreams. The only thing I have is uh, the only prince I have. Uh, see that uh, book of uh, kids is called Jurassic Park. Yeah? Those things of uh, the Macaulay's and the is not And you wonder, if I still born again, it has nothing to do with your feelings. It has nothing to do with the sea dreams or angels or anything. It has anything to do with you believing that God is together with you. Let me tell you a character that I love in the Bible. He loved God wholeheartedly. And God never appeared to him even once. God never even spoke to him. That character is called Joseph. There is no way the people tell us that God spoke to Joseph. No. He will see dreams. He will still be disturbed about them. He had the ability to interpret dreams. But there is no time Joseph had a face-to-face encounter with God. Telling him anything. But let me tell you, even in Egypt, when he was going to fire, he knew God is together with him. Are you getting? Don't expect to see dreams or to see angels. You may, you may never see them. Some of you may be privileged to see them. But that is not as a trinity that you are born again. Salvation is lived on the basis of faith and faith alone. So, when you don't feel like praying, pray. When you don't feel like reading the word, read the word. Go for God to fellowship. Many times our feelings will deceive us and betray us. But we should remember the words of Jesus that blessed is the one who believes even without sin. You don't have to do anything to earn salvation. We say that it is by grace you are saved. So the key thing is that don't tie your salvation to feelings. You are not more saved on Sunday than on Friday. You are saved Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Throughout, even when you're not feeling spiritual, you are still a child, no? Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. yes, and you're not more safe in church than when you're praying games out there or when you're doing your physics practical, you are born again and you are saved. And I like what the Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that God exists and he rewards those who honestly seek him. Remember it is of faith. It has nothing to do with what you feel. And I let me add another scripture, First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine to ten. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So, point number four: Don't rely on your Yes, yeah, spirits will receive you. Whether you feel saved or not, you are saved. You are saved as long as you have given your life to Jesus Christ. My last point is that you have a role to play. 
you have a role to play. God has done his part. He has called you to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He will protect you from the devil because Jesus said that what I have, the devil can not snatch away from me. He will do everything to guarantee, to make sure that you make it. But then you have a role to play. That is why God tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, this is what it says. Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do in order to fulfill his good purpose. You have a responsibility to work out your salvation. You have a responsibility like God has given you a holy it is good. That is why you go for exercises. We used to call them uh, little field activities and all that. And so that you can remain fit in the same manner you are born again. God expects you to do some activities to remain fit. Can you tell me some of the activities that God expects from you as a Christian? He expects you to read the Bible. Because the Bible is a manual that instructs you how you should read. So make sure that you can you incantate or you can defend the discipline of reading the Bible every day. I have made it part of my culture. I never sleep without reading a chapter from the Bible every day. Even if I have a busy day and I'm about to sleep, before I sleep, I have read the Bible. Even if I have read from the book, maybe I will struggle sleeping, but I am not sure I read the Bible before I sleep. Never allow a day to go before you read the Bible. You don't have to read a whole chapter. You did not start with the whole chapter, but give yourself a goal. I will make sure that at least I read two or three verses. Make sure you read the Bible and read it consistently. Don't be jumping. Like that student eh, who was reading the Bible and was very surprised. God, what one do you have for me today? So he closed her eyes and opened. She let the master say, and Judas found himself. Now that's not a good one. Close the Bible. God, which one do you have for me today? Open again. Then she left the verse and says, Go and do likewise. What? <laughs> you are wondering what is happening. Close again. Then she opened again. God, please give me a word. Then she left where Jesus was uh, telling Judas, What are you waiting for? Go, go, go. So, what am I saying? Read the Bible consistently. We are the boys and believers. Start from the book of John. Today, read chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 1, go to 2, 3, consistently. After that, you can read the epistles of Paul. They are very encouraging. Read the book of Ephesians, Colossians. These are words that will keep on encouraging you. When you are feeling down, go to the book of Psalms. It has something to, to, to always encourage you and rejuvenate you about. Make it a daily discipline of reading the word of God. And what do you do? God speak to me as I read your word. Even today, 20 something years after I met Christ, I still receive new revelation from the passage I read long time ago. The next discipline is this one. Yeah. You need to pray. We are talking about work out your salvation. Make sure you pray. And this one you pray, even when you don't feel like prayer, pray. Make sure you pray. God, I thank you because of what you have read. I have read from your word. God, I thank you because of the experiences. Eh? At some point, maybe you may not do it now. One of the disciplines I formed in my life 
by the end of the day, I always make sure, you know, sometimes it is good to write your prayers. Before I have a journal, now I have too many journals, so I make sure I write my experiences for that particular day in the journal. I make a short prayer in the journal, and I always write what God has taught me today in my journal. That is something I do. My secretary, I never go to bed before I have a journal and I live. And now right now because I did not come with it. Before I, before I sleep tonight, I will make sure I record what happened yesterday and what happened today. I'm not telling you, you may not have to like a journal, but what I'm saying, and let me tell you something about written prayers. Sometimes you look at those prayers you have prayed 10 years ago and you marvel at what God has done. Some people record prayer points. You may not have to like the whole prayer. Some people record prayer points. But let me tell you, when you look at it, you know why we have the Bible? Because people record them, their experiences with who? With God. People record their experiences with God. Psalms is a record of the way people experience God and some of their prayers. The book of Acts is a record of what God was doing in the life of the apostles. Make sure that you pray for habit of prayer. I will not talk more about prayer, but you know the elements of prayer. Can you mention them, number one? Asking, uh -huh. make sure you ask, number two. That's giving, uh -huh. the other one. Uh -huh. Make sure you repent, that is the uh, ask for forgiveness, the other one. Adoration, yes, you are in God, and the other one. Supplication, where you pray for? For others. Don't only pray for yourself. You know there are some people, their prayers are me, myself, and I. Full stop. No. Make sure you also pray for others. Then the other half of the situation. We are talking about reading the word of God. Prayer. The other one is fellowship. Fellowship. You will not grow alone. You need to surround yourself with your fellow sisters. You need to go and pray together with them. You need to attend the fellowship. Because God has provided them. If there is a vision you are praying about, they can pray with you. Don't be alone, major. Otherwise, you're going to be eaten by the enemy very fast. Surround yourself with the godly people. I told the phone to yesterday. I left phone for many, 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 many years ago. I can tell you some of the people we were schooling with, I have never seen them. But miraculously, and I was telling them that is something we were discussing with my brother when we were coming yesterday. That prayer has a way of connecting people. The people we start with in the Christian Union, even today, we are still in touch. There is always something that happens when you form the habit of praying with people. There is always something that happens when you form a habit of uh, fellowshipping with the people. Make your fellowship genuine. Share openly. Be encouraged by the testimony of others. Share your own testimony. That is actually brings uh, point number four. The other habit of working out your salvation is let other people know that you're going to get. Share your testimony. Because we always overcome the devil by the words of our death of our testimonies. Let the devil, make the devil man by telling people what God has done for, for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when you tell people what God has done for you, he prepares you for the next victory. It is only when David say how God has him from the lion and the bear that now God prepared him to fight with Goliath. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. God was encouraging me this way or God was helping me understand it this way. Then, of course, be on your guard. There are so many cows, allow me to put it that way. There are so many people who will try to pray on your salvation. 
They will try to tell you you have to do some things for you to get to heaven. You have to wear a yellow turban, yellow that is the one that will take you to heaven. Some people will tell you you have to do some things. And you have to talk to God, you have to go to the prophet. There are people who will tell you that. There are people who will try to control you. We call them cows. Let me tell you that God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will teach you all the truth. He will lead you to all the truth. What against deception? Don't be deceived. There are people who will tell you some things that you should not do. Don't eat some kinds of food. And all those kinds of things. We call them cows. May God protect you from deception. Because now that you are born again, you are very right to be deceived. And that is what the devil does. The younger sister to my wife was in my high school and she came out to Christ. But unfortunately, because she did not have somebody to crowd her, she fell into a cows. Yeah, where somebody has to profess who is going to marry you and all that. And unfortunately, today she looks back. She used to be a very bright girl. She looks back and feels back because there was nobody to guide her. That there are people out there who are dealing and waiting to tell them that you are born again. And then they will immediately change you and you become chaotic. Watch against cows. I'm so sure that the teachers, uh, the patron, and others, you organize. You occasionally have a topic on cows and knockouts so that these people can be able to know how you can be able to escape deception. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life that is to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That is first Corinthians. That, that is first Timothy, sorry. First Timothy 4, 7 to 12. Train yourself for godliness. Train yourself to be godly. First Corinthians 15, verse, verse, verse 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And every time I'm speaking to leaders, especially of the CEO, I remind them how I served God in a high school, in the university, and how God has never let me down. The God I believed when I was in high school has carried me very great until now. Remember one day I prayed in this prayer in a foreign car. I was in South Korea, and I was there, and I said, God of Ichagaki. Somebody asked me, are you speaking in tongues? Is Ichagaki another name of God? I don't know. I used to be called Ichagaki. I called him Ichagaki because I met God in Ichagaki. And I know some of you 20 years to come, you will kneel down and say, God of Akili Because you met God in Akili House. Let me tell you, let nothing move you. Always have power in the work of the Lord. Because you know that you are never in the Lord 
is not in vain. I do not regret meeting God and serving God as a student leader in high school or in the university because he has patience. Be wonderful. Let us bow down for our God bless you. This is a personal decision. 
Because when God calls you, He changes your destiny. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is a person of calling. It is God who is calling. Come to me. Oh, you are laid by a heavy lady, and I will give you rest. God is calling you so much to give you rest in Him, so that He can start a journey with you that He will carry until completion. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to repeat this prayer after me, whenever you are, and I'm so sure that God, who has seen you stand, who has seen you respond to the call, will carry you faithfully until the day of Christ. Just stay with me, Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I confess that I am a sinner who needs your forgiveness. I cannot manage my life alone. And that is why I invite you today by accepting you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to write my name in the book of life. And remember me when you come back in your kingdom. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that I am born again. I am a child of God. I am a citizen of heaven. And Christ is my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because of this dear Jesus, whom you have called into fellowship with you once again. I want to say thank you because you have started a transformational journey in their lives that will transform their destiny. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because of men in days to come who will worship God, because He saved their wives and their students in Akini Gardens. I thank you, Holy Father, because of children who will worship God, because God saved their families when they were students in Akini Gardens. And I pray that greatness the loving Father will rise from the simplicity that we see this day. And I pray that eternity for many will be transformed and changed because of the obedience you have the mother of the girls who have submitted their lives to you. I bless them in your name. You are not only able to share, but you are able to keep. And I know that you shall keep them. You shall watch over them. You shall guard them from danger. You shall guard them from deception. They shall stand through, through life victorious because the Lord of your eyes is a mighty command and a God of war who will overcome it for, for them. I bless them in your name. We have been receiving a killing house and I receive a, I give a blessing in this school. I definitely bless the principal, the deputy principal, the teachers, oh God. Thank you for the student patron. Thank you for the other teachers who assist the work of the Christian Union. God, I pray that the blessings of God will rest upon this institution. Remember the four priests will be coming from us. I pray that Lord you shall grant them the desires of their heart. That even if they have prayed, they have trusted you. And they have come with a deed that makes it possible for them. Yes, we can something to it. Lord, I pray that you shall grant them the desires of their heart. And you shall surprise them. Because the great they will get is because anything they have imagined. Grant them the desires of their heart. And grant them the university. Of their choices. I bless this school and I commit them to your hearts. This we are today, faithfully and trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
We love you so much, you are a blessing. I want to invite the person who will complete the time. Thank you.